Well, good morning, Covenant Network. It is a Wednesday, and yet the Roundup music is playing, which must mean it's a special week. And it is a special week. It is the final week of Advent. We are almost to the great day of celebration, the solemnity of the Nativity of our Lord. But we're not there yet. Let's be very clear about that. We are not there yet. But as Friday is Christmas Eve, we thought we would have a Roadmap Roundup this morning. And we have an all-star celebrity edition of the Roadmap Roundup for you this morning. Before we do anything else, though, let's take a moment to begin our day in prayer. And we pray in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day for all the intentions of your Sacred Heart in union with the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world in reparation for my sins, for the intentions of all my relatives and friends, and in particular for the intentions of the Holy Father. Amen. Hail and blessed be the hour and moment in which the Son of God was born of the most pure Virgin Mary at midnight in Bethlehem in the piercing cold. In that hour vouchsafe, I beseech thee, O my God, to hear my prayer and grant my desires through the merits of our Savior Jesus Christ and of his blessed Mother, Amen. We dedicate all of our thoughts, words, and actions to the greater glory of God in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, with us, as always, to my right, although lately you've been getting some time off, Dan Vonderhaar, good to have you with us. Happy Advent to you. Same to you. It's good to be back. I know. Can you imagine what started as you and Gabe Jones just being contrary with one another has now grown (laughs) to such a a wonderful roundup this morning? The always lovely Angela Miller is with us. Angela. Hello. Good good to see you today. You too. And joining us at the uh, kids' table, this uh, Roundup edition, Gabe Jones. Gabe, good to have you here. Good to be here, I think. When's the last time you sat at the kids' table at a holiday event? I don't know that I ever sat at the kids' table. You're you're so tall, you you don't fit there. So it was like, oh, oh, you're automatically almost a parent. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, here to keep a a, a mother's watchful eye on all of us, Patty Schneier. Patty, good to have you as well. Good morning, Adam. It's a pleasure to be here on Roadmap to Heaven with the Roundup crew today. I know. We've always said it'd be great to have Patty on another the roundup because you've only been on the Mother's Day edition. Right. Now you're here for the Christmas Eve Eve edition. <laughs> That's terrible grammar. And Tim Lucchese is going to correct me on that. Oh, uh, I, I am the last person to correct anyone <laughs> on grammar or math or history or what else am I bad at? So many things. Yeah. Why do we have that guy on anyway? <laughs> I don't know. Well, as, as the fun begins and we're counting down the days and really the hours at this point, I'd like to start, uh, Patty, with you since you're our guest today here here with the panelists. Our first question was posed by Charles Brown in 1965, who asked, isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? And in, in Linus Van Pelt's absence, we're going to turn to you. What What is the meaning of Christmas for Patty Schneier? Oh my gosh, what a question and no preparation on the spot. What is the meaning of Christmas? Well, my gosh, that God loved us so much that he would actually descend down from heaven and come to earth and enter into the messiness of humanity in order to save us and then walk with us and become one with us. It's so beautiful, that thought in and of itself. But then when you just think of the humility of the birth at Bethlehem, of truly being born in a manger, no room at the inn, what they had to go through, the suffering, the sacrifice that was at the very beginning of his life, um, marked all of it for us. I, I just, it's overwhelming. It's actually overwhelming. So what does Christmas mean to me? It just means the love of God poured out for humanity And the birth of a baby, an innocent, beautiful, precious baby, the gift of life, that life is victorious, that love is victorious, and that God is victorious. And um, he 
he continues to love us through his son. Now, that may be the most difficult question, but the second one is similar to it. You know, we often uh, kid Dan that he is the most experienced parent on the Roadmap panel, and uh, we won't argue about that distinction today. Um, But I am curious, in your family, especially at a time of year when the culture has been bombarding us with Christmas since late August in some places in September, where they're getting ready to wind down and on the 26th pull the plug and Christmas goes away and we're just going to be beginning, how have you and your family kept the true meaning of Christmas at the center of your celebrations over the years? Over the years, well, we truly do. We celebrate like seven or eight days in a row, and it continues after Christmas. So the day after Christmas is one of our favorite family traditions. We will all be at Steinberg Ice Skating Rink the morning after Christmas. We've been doing this for years. All of us, there'll be about mm, at least 25, sometimes up to 50 family members that all go ice skating the day after. And it's a big day of celebration. Then we go back to a family member's house for a big party and a celebration. So we kind of continue with that. Um, Of course, all going to mass together, of course, singing Christmas carols. I always say singing Christmas carols are so, so important. The words, the lyrics, our world needs to hear those lyrics. So we sing Christmas carols on Christmas and continue singing and playing Christmas music all throughout the Christmas season. So those are some of the things we do. All right. Now, Angela Miller, this will be your first Christmas as a married woman. Congratulations again to you and Greg. We never tire of saying that. Thank you. Uh, Patty just shared how her family has kept the true meaning of Christmas at the center what are you and Greg planning this year? Well, um, we are learning, uh, as we have a little bit over dating as well, but how to kind of balance both sides of the family. Uh, also create some new traditions at home for just us and our family. For example, with Thanksgiving, we had uh, we decided we're going to have cinnamon rolls every Thanksgiving morning together, just the two of us, and then with whatever kids come. But for Christmas... It's it's spent in traveling, and in that traveling um, is also a good reflection on uh, the state that Mary and Joseph were in. And we have prayed a lot with the, the like just meditating on their on their travels and meditating on um, even their flight into Egypt and kind of the reality of the the fear and stress that they might have been going through. So, yeah, just kind of praying with them. Well, normally I would send you the questions in advance, but this week I did not. And it's so fitting that you say that because that's actually going to be our next topic. But I do want to mention, when you talk about cinnamon rolls on Thanksgiving, these traditions are wonderful. As a kid, we always had Entman's chocolate donuts on Christmas morning. And I remember early on in our marriage, I said to my wife, I, I didn't get the donuts. And she she doesn't eat donuts. So she said, what are you talking about? And I'm like, it's not Christmas. Jesus has come <laughs> and we have celebrated his birth with joy, but it is incomplete without these donuts. And she said, well, no, you're wrong. It is complete because he became incarnate. But let's go find some donuts for you. Luckily, my parents had someone when we went to visit. We are going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about traveling and how we can use traveling as an occasion to grow in holiness as we celebrate Christmas. You're listening to Roadmap to Heaven. Stay tuned. We are back. You're listening to a special Christmas edition of Roadmap to Heaven. Now, technically, we're still in the final days of Advent, but... We're getting ready for the big day. And Dan Vonderhaar, I, I assume a trip to Indiana is in the works sometime in the next week or two? We went to Indiana for Thanksgiving. Oh. So Indiana's going to come to us for oh. Christmas. So you have to get that. room ready at the inn. Yes, exactly. Exactly. All right. Well, this next question is for you and Tim. Uh, because, Tim, I know your family travels out to Omaha 
area, Nebraska area, which coincidentally, as you told us a few weeks ago, is the same distance that the Holy Family traveled to Egypt, roughly. It, 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 is, a, it is a ballpark. We don't actually know where the Holy Family went to. I Egypt. can hear the phones ringing. Oh, right sure. Now. <laughs> oh, sure. And the emails come in, too. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, traveling is a big part of any holiday celebration for those with family out of town. I'm curious, what are some of the things you've learned over the years to help you grow in holiness while traveling to see family during the Christmas season? Because I know for me, the minute we get those suitcases out, the stress levels go up, the patience goes down, and it's a real struggle for me to maintain my sanity, which means an occasion to grow in holiness. Well, you know, I I think back to the first Christmas after my first child was born, and my wife is a nurse. She had to work the day after Christmas, so we'd been out of town and we were on our way back in. Well, we wanted to stop somewhere for lunch, but everything is, is closed on Christmas, except we happened to stop in St. Joseph, Missouri. And I'm sitting there, this young father on Christmas with a, with a nursing mother and a, and a new baby. And we got to the gas station and boy, I had that gas station hot dog for Christmas. My wife had the roast beef, which she described as tasting like a gas station bathroom. And you know, you just, you look at the difficulties. You look at some of these really fun little moments where you get to say, hey, I mean, they, they didn't have a roast beef sandwich, but the, the Holy Family, they had some real challenges and, and how to embrace those challenges and say, you know what? St. Joseph, just be with me. St. Joseph and St. Joseph. That's pretty cool. Exactly. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's actually pretty cool. Uh, and we did our share of road tripping when the kids were young, for sure. Uh, my family's always had a, a good uh, tradition. Whenever we uh, hit the road, uh, we always pray a Hail Mary. Every, everybody in the 15-passenger van, right, would, uh, would crank out the Hail Mary. So, so we continue to do that in our family. And I'm trying to take the other road trip. You know, I just remember that all of the math I did to figure out when I was going to show up at where I'm supposed to be never worked. Right? You know, there was so many more stops along oh, the way. Oh, that's so true. Yeah. Uh, now it's a little bit nicer, Tim. We're a little farther down the road, right? Kid, you know, kids are all adults, so we actually get there on time. Now. Bathroom breaks don't happen every 30 minutes. Yeah, yeah. there's no diaper changing. <laughs> oh. Yeah, there's no, I got to go to the bathroom, so. Well, I would imagine, though, you know, Tim, you talk about eating a hot dog as your, your Christmas meal, and I, I can... I can relate to that because there were I don't know how many years where I'd be coming home from playing four Christmas Eve masses culminating with midnight mass and I'm exhausted and I'm wiped out and I got to go home and then get up and come back the next morning and play for more, which was an absolute treat. But there, you know, was Quick Trip on my way home where I would just stop for some refreshment. And in that moment, I was just so grateful for something. And I was grateful for that person working that it really brought to mind it doesn't matter what you have to eat or where you are able to eat it as long as you really get the meaning of what is going on. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I, I was thinking about how recently how the, the angels showed up and they're talking to these shepherds and the shepherds are in the middle of working and the angels basically said, hey, 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 take the day off. Okay. It's time for you to go spend time with this baby Jesus guy and to give them just that, that little break. And so for those who have to work on Christmas, boy, am I grateful for them. And, and boy, do I also see the importance of saying, what do we have and how much can we appreciate it, no matter how little it is? It's, it's just, oh, it's so important to focus on that. Now, Gabe, you travel to see your family out to yeah, Fulton. So it's not, not as go... far as Egypt. Yeah, it's it's the same state, you know, and <laughs> just, yeah, not, not Egypt. <laughs> but uh, there's a little bit of travel involved. And we're lucky because uh, 
we don't have to make those enormous trips. We can kind of run over to my parents. They're two hours away. It's, you know, an easy trip there and back if we have to make it in a day. So much, uh, much nicer now. It does make you appreciate though having a car that you can go, oh, yeah, it's just, you know, 115 miles over there. I'll just hop in a car and be there in a couple hours. Like, so getting back to the whole spirit of Christmas, yeah. Well, that, that's a good point you bring up because my next question is what has traveling taught you about the hardships that the Holy Family endured to make this possible. I mean, we read this every year at Christmas time that in the days of Caesar Augustus, a decree went forth that a census shall be conducted to enroll everyone. And so here we are thinking, all right, you know, I, I remember that when Beth gave birth to our firstborn, we, we had the, the birth plan that we're going to have this bag and this is the phone call we're going to make. And, you know, we're going to go to the hospital at this time and here are the, can- the sequence of events as if childbirth goes by the planner and not in its own course. And yet Mary and Joseph had to pick up and go, I don't even know how far, Tim, but um, they had to go and they didn't have a car. They didn't have a plane or a train or a bus to take. They had to go by foot and by donkey. And, you know, as, as you think back to your quote unquote travel headaches, what are the lessons you've learned about the, the faithfulness of the Blessed Mother and good old St. Joseph? You know, there's... Uh there's just something to sit there and say, what don't we have? What don't we have? What didn't they have, but what don't we have? And we don't have the ability to, to just, just teleport there. They didn't have the ability. I mean, they had to fuel the donkey, but they, they didn't have the ability to stop at all these gas stations along the way. And just to sit there and say, yeah, what don't we have? What didn't they have? And wh- why don't we just embrace the, the absence of what we have, embrace the, the poverty, if you will, and to say, you know, that's a, it's a real struggle, but it's, it's a struggle worth embracing for what we're trying to do. I think there's something really special about um, remembering, I mean, in, in, within Christmas, we, we should remember kind of the humanity of Jesus, but like, it wasn't this like charmed sort of lifestyle that I think sometimes I'm tempted to believe, um, but you mean it wasn't like an Instagram? No, worthy, <laughs> not like, at all. You know, gender reveal party. No, or not was, at all. That didn't happen. Right, right, and and so to remember that this was a family who lived with some harsh realities, so that poverty, but then also with a lot of fear. I mean, the first year of Jesus's life, or however long they were in Egypt, was completely, I'm sure, terrifying, and the oh, amount yeah. of trust that they had to experience. Um, or to participate in with with uh, God is just really inspiring. So something that we really like to pray with, whether it's traveling or if it's in our day-to-day life, is like I can unite my fear and my suffering with the Holy Family and try to emulate what they did as well, which is to completely rely on the Lord in those moments. You know, I remember, Patty, getting worked up as a kid that we never seemed to have the right batteries for the toys that we would get and how impatient I was. What do you mean I have to wait till the store opens tomorrow for you to get triple A's? Why do we only have double A's? Oh, the humanity. Oh, true suffering. But it really, it, it, it helps us keep perspective that it's really not about what we have. You know, that, that's the theme that everybody is bringing up right now is just embracing the, the momentous meaning that God would become man right. and walk among us. And the unity, I think of the Holy Family. When I think of the Holy Family, I think of unity. Nothing else really matters when um, they, you are just together, whether it's your small, a little, immediate family, a mother, a father, a child, or with your loved ones, with your parents, however you celebrate Christmas. Um, the unity, that's, that's the goal. 
Maybe it's a, a family member that you haven't seen all year long, but if you can be together at Christmas or um, someone that's come in from out of town, that's what's most important as far as when there are family celebrations. It's not whether you have the batteries or the right gift or whatever it is. It's just, in the end, it's unity. And um, I think, of course, the most beautiful thing that, that binds us as family is our faith. And um, when you have that, and I, I know for many families as they grow older and their kids move away, that can become an ache or a pain if not all of the family members are celebrating Christmas in a faith setting, you know, at all, or going to church together, whatever. But if you are blessed that you are all going to Mass together um, and that you are celebrating your faith together as a family, you truly are blessed in today's world. Unity is, I think, one of the greatest gifts. It really is. You know, here in St. Louis, where our studios are located, there is a wholesale furniture store that they're only open on the weekends. And on days like today, Wednesday, they have a commercial. A guy pulls the pole chain and says, it's Wednesday. We're closed. And I and I often thought we should do that for Advent. It's it's not Christmas. It's Advent. And, you know, pull the chain and, and, and cut away to commercial or something like that. But as we don't play commercials, uh, we're not going to do that this morning. However, we do have a catequiz question for you today to get ready for Christmas. Because PSA, the 12 days of Christmas start on Christmas Day. It, it's not a countdown. We are not counting down currently. But here's our, our catequiz question for you today. How many of the 12 days gifts can you name? If you need to sing, sing. But how many... On the first day of Christmas, my true love gave to me. How many of those things can you name? We'll have the answer for you when we come back. We are back, and our, our catechist question, our Catholic question of the day, what are the, the 12 gifts of the 12 days of Christmas, which begin on Saturday with Christmas Day? So I'll start it for you. On the 12th day of Christmas, my true love gave to me 12 drummers drumming. 11 oh. pipers piping. Ten, Ten lords leaping. leaping. Nine ladies dancing. <laughs> Eight maids a-milking. Seven swans a-swimming. Six geese a-laying. Five golden rings. Four, Four calling birds. Three French hens. Two turtle doves. And a partridge in a pear tree. <laughs> Well, there, there you have it, friends. No, I don't think there's a Grammy with with you and I singing <laughs> on the airways here. However, uh, I do want to remind you. This is a good opportunity to remind you that starting Friday, late afternoon, early evening, we'll have Christmas music for you all throughout the octave right here on Covenant Network. So be sure to tune in for some wonderful Holy Christmas music during the Christmas season. Now, uh, you know, we've been talking about the joyful aspects of Christmas on our special edition of this Roadmap Roundup this morning, but I want to turn now to what is not so much a joyful topic. In fact, this can be a very difficult time of year for those who grieve. I think of a dear parishioner I used to work with who once told me, you know, Adam, I don't get the tree out. I don't put any decorations up. It was my husband's favorite holiday, and ever since he passed away, I just can't bear to have these reminders of him in my home. Sure, I go to Mass on Christmas Day, but that's about it. Um, Patty, I want to start with you. How can we accompany those who grieve or feel alone during the Christmas season? First and foremost, our prayers. I go to adoration daily and pray for those at this time of year, especially every day my prayer is for all those who are suffering, Lord, in any way during this time. Secondly, I would say I would recommend think of someone in your life that you know that is maybe having a hard time this Christmas and reach out in some way even if it's just a phone call, maybe it's bring that person some Christmas goodies. Maybe stop by and just visit for a half hour, an hour. 
I think those are just old fashioned kind of things, but you know what? We don't do them very much anymore in the world today. And I think we need more of that. So it's a time of year to reach out. And especially if you know someone's going to be by themselves this Christmas, invite them to something. Maybe it's to dinner. Maybe it's the day after. Maybe whatever works for you. But uh, the main thing is reach out. Now, Gabe, I know this is a topic that that for your family, this was a very uh, difficult experience in many ways. Your first Christmas, right right before you and Sarah got married, um, it was the first Christmas without her father. And I'm curious how you all got through that Christmas and, and what lessons you've learned from that coming forward with your family now. So, yeah, it was a very interesting Christmas because he had passed away in August. We were getting married in January. And so we had to go through right through the holiday season sort of immediately after that. I think in a way it was be- because we were so busy, it sort of distracted a little bit from the immediacy of the grief, um, but also in a way helped with the healing because you could sort of recognize, hey, we're entering sort of a new time now. We, we obviously lost someone who was very dear to us, but by getting married, we're entering into a new family, a new sort of traditions are gonna be coming for that. So there's something to be said for recognizing that you know when someone passes away, Yes, you, you, you want to remember them, and, and we have to, uh, but there's also maybe sort of uh, some solace in kind of moving on and, and redeveloping your traditions that can remember that person, but also, you know, uh, we had an empty chair there. One, I, I don't remember if it was that Christmas or the next Christmas, we had an empty chair at the, the dinner table for my father-in-law. Uh, we don't do that anymore, uh, but we do remember him. You know, he's there, right? We know that um, obviously his legacy is living on, um, so there's different ways that everybody goes about it. Um, sometimes, though, it's it's the uh, just simply having. You can't let the silence sort of overwhelm you. Find something else to dig into and really embrace. And like my mother-in-law has done that with weddings and grandkids and all these sorts sorts of things that have come along. Um, she's done a very good job of being able to handle the grief through all these holidays since then. So, Gabe, first, thanks for sharing that. You know, and and the first thing to Patty to your point is you know. One, let our hearts go out to all those people. And two, you know, pray in Thanksgiving for the blessings that we have. But don't let the opportunities, like Gabe, I'd love to learn more about your family and about, about your, your father-in-law. So ask those questions, you know, tell me about your father-in-law. You know, wh- you know what was he like? Get a story. Get the story. And what you'll find, it, it takes a couple open-ended questions. One is usually not enough. Usually takes a couple. But the first good one to ask is, well, tell me about him. You know, I understand why you miss him so much. Tell me more. And it's just that kind of accompaniment is just so important. And you walk away richer, right? You leave that conversation and you feel like you're the person who became richer. Well, and you can even throw in the question, what is it that this person liked about Christmas? Or what is it that this person really embraced about Easter, if it's Easter time, whatever it may be, because that kind of helps carry their memory on a little bit. But certain things are just really important to people. And taking that interest, I think, knowing my own experience with loss, that sort of thing really helps. You know, it's interesting to me, Tim, because our kids are getting to the age that they're now starting to ask questions. Well, who who are grandma and grandpa's mom and dad? You know, yeah. who are your grandma and grandpa? And, uh, you know, I only knew my mom's mom when I was growing up. She was the only living grandparent I had. And the other day, as we were getting ready to uh, hang the stockings and trim the tree, we were moving some things out of one storage bin into another, and out comes this handmade afghan that my grandma made me about uh, – 
seven years before she passed away and, and hand crocheted and I still keep it. It's very dear to me. And it was such a great gateway to telling stories about every year at Christmas Eve that we would go to 430 Mass at St. Francis and then we'd walk down the steps behind the church to Grandma's house. It was right there. And we'd have everyone in the family crammed into a house that was nowhere near big enough. You got so hot you wanted to go out to the carport just to cool off. (laughs) And then you got so cold you wanted to come back into the house just to get back in the sauna and warm up. Um, and, And we had those great traditions. And you know, one of them that I love that's come alive is every holiday, especially Christmas, my grandmother would send us a card and she'd always put a $1 bill in it. And that was always the most precious gift we received was that that $1 bill from Grandma to the point now that my mom, when she sends our kids cards, sends a $1 bill. And and how those traditions get started and those stories we pass on, it's hard. You know, it's it's hard for me at times, especially when I see them sitting on the couch with this Afghan and a cup of orange juice. And I'm just like, no, 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 I don't want to yell at my kids, but I don't want anything to happen to that blanket to have those opportunities to pass these things along to them. Well, we're going to take uh, one final break here on the Roundup this morning. We'll be back after this. We are back. You're listening to the Roadmap Roundup, a special edition on this Wednesday morning, December 22nd. We're joined by Patty Schneier, Angela Miller, Gabe Jones, Dan Vonderhaar, and Tim Lucchese. I'm your host, Adam Wright, and it's like a regular holiday open house in here. The only thing we don't have is a doorbell and more people showing up. But that's, you know, that day is coming soon. That we just got to get more microphones is, is, is what it boils down to. We, Maybe we maxed so I'm out not the at the table kids' here. table anymore. We'll get you back from the kids' table at some point, Gabe. Now, Angela, you recently were at a, a day of reflection with your staff and coworkers over at the uh, Cardinal Regali Center. And Patty mentioned Christmas carols earlier. I also love Christmas reading and stories. And I think of, you know, that most parents probably at some point have read Twas the Night Before Christmas. And since it's not the night before Christmas, but it's the morning before the morning before Christmas, Christmas. I thought I'd turn it over to you. Uh, you have something from St. Ephraim you want to yes, share with us? Yes, St. Ephraim. He's from the 300s. So this is uh, quite uh, recent to the time of Jesus being on earth. Um, he had this prose. He So if you look into him, he's like a poet and um, really just like a beautiful writer. But I, I recently came across this prose about the humanity and divinity of Jesus. And it's called, If He Were Not Flesh... And if he was not God. So I just wanted to read a little bit of it. It's kind of long because it goes through the life of Jesus, but I'll just share. If he was not flesh, why was Mary introduced at all? And if he was not God, whom was Gabriel calling Lord? If he was not flesh, who was lying in the manger? And if he was not God, whom did the angels come down and glorify? If he was not flesh, who was wrapped in swaddling clothes? And if he was not God, whom did the shepherds worship? That's just part of the poem. But I just love looking at the dichotomy that's there. This very tangible person who had to be wrapped up, this tangible person who um, came from woman, came from Mary, but also completely divine that the angels and the shepherds were worshiping. So yeah. kind of a cool little beautiful yeah, thing to meditate yeah. on. I'm going to have to look that up. I want to read the whole thing now. Yeah, it's it's gorgeous. You know, while we're going on to these Christmas fun facts, uh, something I, I learned recently, and I have to find the source on this because I want to have this definitively, but when the shepherds were watching the sheep and the angels appeared and said, go to Bethlehem, and 
there you will find the child lying in a manger. Tradition holds that those sheep that the shepherds were watching were actually the lambs that would be the Passover lambs mm. or oh. celebration of Passover. Okay. And uh, how beautiful that is. And all of these things, they're not coincidence, friends. This isn't just a, a greeting card holiday where we feel good about these things. This is a historic event that changed the course of humanity where God became like us so that he could redeem us. And as we've said many times as Advent, very closely united to the passion, death, and resurrection that we will celebrate in what seems like a while away. But I mean, I'm sure we'll be talking Lent before we know it. But let's ha- let's have Advent and Christmas first. Uh, these carols, these poems, these songs, uh, these readings all help keep us oriented this way. Now, uh, Patty, I- I'm curious. You mentioned carol singing earlier, you- and you like to sing. Absolutely. What-, what is your favorite Christmas carol? I have two, but I'm going to go with the one today since you only want to know one. Um, I'm going to go with "O Come All You Faith," and I'll t- I'll tell you why it's my favorite for two reasons. The first is because most people can sing Veni Tejado Ramos. Most people can sing a little bit. Even me, who has not grown up with any Latin at all, I can sing Adeste Fidelis. And I think it's so beautiful that that's a verse in Latin. You know it's universal. And all throughout the world, that same carol is sung throughout the church. So I love that, the universality of it, because there's verses in Latin. And then I also just love the line, O come, let us adore him. We all just need to be reminded to adore the Lord, spend some time in adoration, to adore the Lord every single day. For me, that's the Christmas carol that I want to be in my heart every day. Come let us adore him. Um, so that's why I like, oh, come all you faithful. You know, there's there's one lyric in that carol that changed the way when I was working in the church. Um, Yea, Lord, we greet thee. And, and I, I would ponder that. Yea, Lord, we greet thee. Like, hello, Lord. You know, good morning, Lord. Uh, to the point that when I would lock up after a choir practice, it'd be late at night, the church would be completely dark, and there was about a 20-foot journey from the sacristy to the exterior door that you had to make in the dark with only the sanctuary lamp and the votive candles burning. And I would always pray a prayer for protection. That was usually when I prayed my St. Michael prayer for the night. But then before I would leave, I would genuflect turn to the tabernacle and, and just utter the words, Lord, good night, mm. and, and, and leave. And all because of, yea, Lord, we greet yay, these. Lord, we greet thee. Well, my other favorite is, oh, holy night. So those are my two favorites. Oh, yes. Come all ye faithful and oh, holy night. Right? Now, Gabe Jones, one of the things I love about you is even though you profess that you're not, you know, the world's most gifted singer, that doesn't stop you from singing. And I think <laughs> I the world <laughs> needs more people who aren't afraid to sing, even if they might not have, you know, the angelic voice of Patty Schneier or Angela Miller. What's your favorite Christmas carol? There's so many to choose from. Um, I love some that I don't even know the words to, but the Carol of the Bells, wonderful song. I mean, I I guess it's a carol, right? But there are words to it. I just don't know what the words are uh, by heart, but love the song. Um, Oh, Holy Night is a great one. My mom loved that song growing up. She absolutely loved that. Uh, I mean, still loves it to this day, but I remember her singing it growing up. I love God Rest You Merry Gentlemen. Why I mean, is that? Why? I don't know. The melody of it, right? But also, like, if you read the beginning lyrics, I mean, it gets right to the point at the very beginning of the song. Let nothing you dismay. Remember Christ your Savior was born on Christmas Day to save us all from Satan's power when we were gone astray. There you go. Like, that's Ooh. it. That's the crux of all we're celebrating is this, this little baby. God came down from heaven, was in that manger, was born to save us from Satan's power. You know, that right. gets right to the heart of something we talk about very often on this roundup is busyness. Yeah. And that we are so constantly busy in that first lyric, rest. Yeah. Rest. rest. I've got this taken care of. Yeah. Just cooperate and rest. Yeah. And be merry. 
Yeah, and be married. I like the Mary part too. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, yeah, so I I love that song. I think it's I think it's great. I mean, there's so many Christmas carols that are good, but that one's that one's a good one. All right, Dan Vanderhart with Tannenbaum. Yeah, you know, a song in the style of Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, Tannenbaum. That did come to mind, as a matter of fact, and and uh, and other somewhat more secular carols. But I I'm gonna pull out the big one. I'm gonna pull out you know the version of Stairway to Heaven of of Christmas carols. I'm pulling out Silent Night. Mm. Yeah, you know, and and why you may ask, Adam? Why, why Dan why, Vonderhart? Why, why you may ask? A <laughs> uh, couple reasons. One, uh, I do love that Austrian-German connection, right? You know, the song in German actually sounds awesome as well. But it was uh, hands down my my mother's favorite Christmas carol. So it makes me think of her, and that makes me feel good. I sing it in German every year at my parish on Christmas morning. I do. Uh, wow. I sing I it need in a German. Copy. I need Stille a copy. Nacht, heilige Nacht, alles schläft, einsam wacht. Yeah. I learned it when I lived in Germany, and it is beautiful yep. in German. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think back to, we talked about my grandmother, and I think back to when we were growing up. I'd go to her house after school, and she had a tape of the St. Louis Cardinals' Christmas favorites, right? And it was stories <laughs> and, and the, the outfielders singing songs. I'll never forget Jack Buck was talking about Silent Night, and, you know, he fought in World War II, and he was talking about how there was uh, the story that in one of the battlefronts, the German soldiers on one side, the, the Allied forces on the other side, that they stopped on Christmas Eve and there was a temporary ceasefire. And you could hear both sides singing Silent Night in their own native tongue. And how beautiful that must be. And, you know, there's something for me. You, you talk about what makes Christmas Christmas. When, when you sing Silent Night at Christmas Eve Mass, especially that midnight Mass, and the whole congregation starts singing, that tangible community that happens. Community is not even the right word, but the communion. communion. The, the, the body of Christ is coming together to honor our Lord who took on a physical body just like ours. It's a beautiful thing. May I dare say Germulakite? Germulakite? Yeah. You know, that, you know, <laughs> to throw a little more German back onto the yeah. uh, Silent Night community piece. All right. Angela, what about you? Well, I also have two. But um, so the choral background in me is saying what child is this? Because I just love the minor sound to it. And again, the tangible humanity of Jesus that we can experience when we when we sing that. And then um, angels we have heard on high. It's just so glorious. And that's the big glow over and over again. And so singing that is just the most joyful way that I can think about um, celebrating Christmas. I'm now going to go home and count all of the O's and glory. 17, on. I think. 17? All right. Yeah. Tim Lucchese, you're our numbers expert. You're going to have to check that out for us. Oh, but not even a little. In, <laughs> in, in the meantime, what's, what's your favorite, Carol? Well, well first, got to say, um, what child is this? Last year, two of my children were singing it, and then they started arguing about whose song it was. So I went full on dad mode and said, okay, you know what? I take the song away. All right, no, I'm giving it to your sister. And my son lost. No, I want it back. So you're going to have to start behaving. He started behaving. And I said, you may have the song back. And he was very grateful. And I, it was just the most dad moment I've ever had in my life, other than cutting the grass at 7 a.m. on a Saturday. So uh, my, my favorite is probably uh, Hark the Herald Angel Sing, simply because of the line, God and sinners reconciled. Like the theology behind that could fill books. It's just, it, it takes all of salvation history from the very beginning of creation. And it, you have the, all the covenants and the incarnation and the, the, the new and everlasting covenant and God becoming, oh, it's just, it's, there's so much there. So that's, that's probably mine. 
Yeah. You know, if I had to pick one that you all have not picked, uh, I, I would have to go with Joy to the World. And, you know, I am a big believer that Joy to the World especially is a carol that could be sung all year long. Sing it at Easter. It, you could sing it oh, yeah. whenever. Yeah. I mean, it's salvation history. The, the Lord has come. Let heaven and nature sing. The Savior reigns. Repeat the sounding joy. I'm, I'm skipping some parts for, for brevity here. He, he rules, rules the, the world, world with truth and grace. I mean, yeah. and, and there, there's a verse that we don't often hear that some publishers include, um, but nor, no more let sin and sorrow uh, abound, I believe. And it, I, I'll have to find that. Uh, but it's I, I go out of my way to find that when we're singing carols at home, because I'm like, no, this is important. And again, it goes back to that beauty, Patty, that in these words, not only are we singing joyful songs, we're catechizing ourselves and our children. And that, that's the wonderful part about it. Well, I'm just, by listening to all of your favorite Christmas carols, I, I will never think of each one of them. I will see them in a whole new light now just by what you shared, like what you just said. God and sinners reconciled all the theology in that one line. I'm like, wow, I never thought of that before. You know, so often we just sing them, we know them, but each one has so much beauty, power, majesty, all contained in the lyrics of Christmas carols. See, Patty, this is what we do on the roundup, right? <laughs> <laughs> you need to hang out with us some more. Yeah. Wow. I found it, by the way. No more let sins and sorrows grow, nor thorns infest the ground. He comes to make his blessing flow far as the curse is found, far as the curse is found, far as, far as the curse is found. I've never heard that you know, Oh, it's yeah. a beautiful verse because to me it's like no matter where sin has gone in life in this world, it's not too far for our Lord to go and to bring redemption, and it's a wonderful thing. Well, I want to thank you all for for being with us here on this special edition of the Roadmap Roundup. Um, We are going to have a show for you on Friday morning. In fact, I'm going to go on the road and visit with some special guests to talk about some of our favorite carols and really dive deep into those, but that's all I'm going to say. So as you're getting ready on Christmas Eve morning, tune in 7 a.m. right here for a special edition of Roadmap to Heaven that morning. Until then, I think it would be wonderful for us to close out in prayer. And I want to close, normally we close with a glory be, but I'd like to add one more time this Christmas anticipation prayer that we've been praying. And so we pray in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. All glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Hail and blessed be the hour and moment in which the Son of God was born of the most pure Virgin Mary at midnight in Bethlehem in the piercing cold. In that hour vouchsafe, I beseech thee, O my God, to hear my prayer and grant my desires through the merits of our Savior, Jesus Christ, and his blessed Mother. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, thank you for being with us on this Wednesday morning. You've been listening to Roadmap to Heaven on Covenant Network. Until next time, I'm Adam Wright. I'm Gabe Jones. I'm Dan Vonderhaar. I'm Angela Miller. I'm Tim Lucchese. I'm Patty Schneier. Have a blessed Christmas and a happy new year. And don't forget to pray your rosary today and each and every day.